Hey folks, wondering what happened on July 21st in baseball history? Pumpsy Green makes his debut. Clay Kirby is stunned when he's removed while pitching a no-hitter. A famous trade is discussed on Seinfeld. Uh, it was made by the Yankees. And the greatest living player is introduced. All that and more on Baseball History Daily. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. I'm Tom. I'm a baseball nostalgia enthusiast, and I just want to welcome you to Baseball History Daily. Quick reminder about yesterday's show. We brought you the radio call from Jim Bunning's historic game where he became just the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to win a one-zip game, and he drove in the only run with the home run. Definitely worth checking out. And who said winning a World Series ring is everything? After winning the World Series... Um, he was then traded uh, to an expansion team, and he said it was the happiest day of his life. That was a trivia question yesterday, and you can check out the answer on yesterday's show, which is July 20th. Going to jump into today's show here. Um, in today's show, we're going to start with the birthdays, of course. Uh, and today's birthday is Hall of Famer Johnny Evers. He was born July 21st, 1881 in Troy, New York. He may have been slight build, but he was temperamental. Um, Evers was nicknamed the Crab for the way he slid to grounders and maybe a few other things. Um, he uh, actually joined the established Tinker and Chance full-time in 1903. Um, Evers was a real World Series star. Uh, he hit 350 in 07 and 08, and he knocked in the winning run uh, in the final game of the 08 World Series. Uh, ironically, in 1910, the year Adams fashioned his famous poem, Tinkers to Evers to Chance, uh, that was the final season the trio actually played together. Uh, Evans was hurt most of 1911, and then Chance retired as a player, and he decided to devote his full energies to becoming a manager. Uh, Tinkers and Evers did not get along. Despite their amazing on-field work, they didn't speak to each other for the final years. Some say it was an imagined slight, but they often traded punches in clubhouse, but not words. Uh, but despite the fighting, uh, you know, Evers actually joined, enjoyed a great season in 1912 when he hit a career-high 341. He would replace Chance as the manager in 1913, and then eventually he was traded to the Braves in 1914, where he would help them become the Miracle Braves and sweep the Athletics in the 1914 World Series. And as I said, in the series, he could hit. And he hit 438 in helping the Braves win, and he drove in the final run in their 3-1 victory to clinch the series. Evers will eventually enter the Hall of Fame in 1946, and he would pass away uh, six months later. And he was the last surviving member of the double play combo. Debuts, there's only one debut I want to talk about today. It's Pumpsy Green's debut. Um, the interesting thing about Green, and Robin will get give you more information about his debut, and, act, and after she talks about his debut, I'm going to play his first career home run, which happened on September 7th, 1959. I'm going to play you that radio call, and you can listen to the actual whole game on Vintage Baseball Reflections. But Green had a really odd circumstance. He's going to go on a walkabout in 1962 with Gene Conley. Uh, they had lost 13-3 to uh, to the Yankees. Con Finally started the game and he got rocked and they both left the bus uh, to go to the bathroom and then Conley would then leave uh, all together and he would go to the airport and try to fly to Israel which he could not <laughs> he could not get a ticket for and then Green disappeared totally he had not played in the game at all but he disappeared and then he would just show up in Washington DC a few days later he missed a doubleheader uh, doubleheader loss to Senators, and uh, then he would be fined $500 for its disappearance. 
He'll be traded uh, that offseason to the Mets. Now we're going to um, welcome back Robin to give you those uh, today's highlights here in a few seconds. But before then, I got some trivia for you. Uh, who was the last player manager to win a World Series for the Detroit Tigers? I'm going to give you some hints along the way as usual, and the answer will be at the end of the show. On July 21st, 1959, the Boston Red Sox become the last team to debut a black player when Elijah Pumsey Green appears in a game as a pinch hitter and shortstop. Green's debut with Boston comes 12 years after Jackie Robinson's historic debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Here's Pumsey Green. He takes the pitch to ball one. And the Red Sox have scored five times here in the bottom of the second. They lead five to one. Charlie ready now. The pitch to Green is high ball two, two and nothing. We've just been paid a visit by our television director, Jack Murphy. So who's directing the show over there? You're sitting here, Murph. Joe Cinelli. This is Labor Day. You know everybody works. There's a drive to deep right center field. Way back. Mantle digging. In 1969, Major League Baseball celebrates the National Pastime Centennial Anniversary with a gala banquet at the All-Star Game. The festivities include the announcement of an all-time team. Hall of Famer Babe Ruth is voted the greatest all-time player, and another Hall of Famer, Joe DiMaggio, is selected the greatest living player. On July 21, 1970, San Diego Padres manager Preston Gomez lifts starter Clay Kirby for a pinch hitter in the eighth inning, even though the right-hander has a no-hitter in progress. With the Padres trailing one zip, Gomez decides to play for the win instead of letting Kirby finish. The Padres eventually lose both the game and the no-hitter. Gomez would go on to repeat the mistake in 1974. And on July 21st, 1988, the New York Yankees make the infamous Ken Phelps trade with the Seattle Mariners. The Yankees acquire the veteran first baseman DH for promising outfield prospect Jay Buhner. Phelps will remain with the Yankees for parts of only two seasons, while Buhner will emerge as a star, reaching the 40 home run mark in 1995, 96, and 97. Even Seinfeld questioned this trade. That was July 21st, This Day in Baseball. Robin, it's so great to have you back. Thanks for those highlights. And we're going to talk a little bit here about that trivia. So here's a hint. Um, Bump Hadley threw the pitch that ended his playing career. And Hall of Fame umpire Billy Evans called him a shortstop with shin guards and a chest protector. Who am I? Now, this is the part of the show where I always say it's like the Twilight Zone, right? You can go back 30, 50, 70 years. Today, I'm going to bring you all the way back to 1937 where the Washington Senators are going to play the Chicago White Sox at Comiskey Park. Uh, You would be treated to hearing uh, Al Simmons, 
play the outfield for the White Sox, future Hall of Famer. Uh, old aches and pains, Luke Appling is a short for the White Sox. And who could resist listening to a game that has a pitcher named Sugar Cane pitching? That's all. Uh, that's one of the games today uh, that happened on July 21st, 1937 at Vintage Baseball Reflections. Another one you can find, the Mets played the Reds. 1962 at Crosley Field. Of course, the 62 Mets were the 62 Mets. But the Reds did feature Frank Robinson and Veda Pinson. Definitely worth checking out and taking on a walk with you over at VintageBaseballReflections.com. Now for that trivia. Bump Hadley threw the, uh, threw the final pitch that ended his playing career on May 25, 1937. It was a bean ball, unfortunately, and he ended up in the hospital for quite some time uh, before returning to um, just manage the club. Uh, and Billy Evans had called, and the player in question is Hall of Fame catcher Mickey Cochran. You know, if you enjoyed that, uh, that radio call, I played a few of them today. I played Pumpsy Green, and you can listen to literally thousands of these games over at VintageBaseballReflections.com, but specifically the 1934 and 35 World Series featuring the Tigers um, and Mickey Cochran, you can find over there at VintageBaseballReflections.com, as well as an entire list of over 70-plus Boston Red Sox classic games. Who's on deck for July 22nd? Uh, none, none other than Ken Griffey, uh, Ken Griffey Sr., that is, who goes yard three times in a game. The Braves trot out five relievers in an inning, which was a record at the time. Uh, Ty Cobb steals his way around the bases, and the big train is, becomes the first to reach 3,000 strikeouts. Thanks to Robin from Robin Says. Glad to have you back, giving us those highlights in our horsehide trivia. As usual, you, you don't disappoint. I just love the way that we always start these questions. And I'm going to bid you adieu, folks, but um, do stay on to listen to the special offer I have for you. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like you.